You're listening to Sunday Service, a segment of the Grad School Confessional Podcast where we rant about the inner workings of the ivory tower of academia in a mildly qualified way. I'm your host, Dr. Yoa Sway. I'm joined by my co-host, Anna Sway. So today, we're going to be discussing this job posting that came across <laughs> no, Twitter. No, 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 no. You can't call it a job posting. <laughs> that would infer that there was a job. <laughs> there was compensation. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so there was this uh, recruitment ad, let's put it, that came across Twitter. And it's for uh, an assistant adjunct professor at UCLA. Okay, first question. What is an assistant adjunct professor? Does that <laughs> okay? Let me get in, let me get into the ad first, and then and then we can like <laughs> crap Fine. all over it. So, the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry at UCLA seeks applications for an assistant adjunct professor on a without salary basis. Applicants must understand, and this is a real sentence that comes afterwards. Applicants must understand there will be no compensation for this position. Okay, now I'm going to get into what they require for this. The responsibilities include teaching according to the instructional needs of the department and qualified candidates will have a PhD in chemistry, biochemistry or some equivalent discipline, a strong record of teaching, significant experience. I just I'm baffled by this. I remember when my parents were like, hey, you should do a PhD in a STEM field. Yeah, that's I guess where the that's money what is. <laughs> I guess that's what a PhD in a STEM field gets you at UCLA. Yeah, like like what you're saying, it's an assistant adjunct professor. Like it infers that there are an associate and like a tenured adjunct professor, all of which without pay, by the way. Because when you adjust for inflation, uh, like three percent a year times uh, zero, that's about zero percent. Yeah, and UCLA has since removed the ad from their. Uh their website because we actually try to find it and it's not there yeah you can't find it anymore but i don't know it's almost worse because it's coming from ucla why you guys, that because they can afford it yeah i guess i guess yeah it's a div one school <laughs> it's almost like it feels to me like it's the opposite of trickle-down economics you know <laughs> Like we're like, oh, you know, you pay the people at the top the most and then eventually they'll create jobs for the people below them. And instead it feels like the opposite where academia kind of looked at, well, university specifically, looked at the fact that they were barely paying grad students to do work. And they were like, and there's so many of them and they're all jumping at the bit to keep doing this work. What if we just did the same thing for professors? What if we just asked them to do the job (laughs) and didn't pay them? I am kind of. Oh, God, I- I'm hoping that whoever runs the UCLA, like, recruitment page just had this in their back pocket for April Fool's Day <laughs> and just accidentally posted the wrong posting. Because as far as I know, and I've, I've been on Twitter today, yeah. um, UCLA hasn't, like, addressed this. <laughs> and so, I, I like, I want to know, was this, was this an April Fool's prank? That like, just... like, how serious is this, right? Like, how serious is it that... And, and, you know, the one thing here is it doesn't say anything about full-time or part-time employment, but it does say that this is, like, it's a without salary basis, but it infers that the job would otherwise have had a salary being, like, a full-time thing, right? Like, it's a job without a salary, but the job would have otherwise had a salary. You know what I mean? Anyway, okay, but this is the funniest <laughs> part of this whole thing. Okay, I just want to... So... The the last bit of this ad 
goes into it's kind of boilerplate for most jobs now, but it's got the diversity and equity you know yeah, statement. In it, okay, yeah, yeah. and I'll read it out to you here because I think it's hilarious. It says, "The University of California, Los Angeles, and the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry are interested in candidates who are committed to the highest standards of scholarship and professional activities, and to the development of a campus climate that supports equality and diversity." All right, now. If the irony in that statement isn't already smacking you over the head, it go on to say, "The University of California is an equal opportunity slash affirmative action employer." I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure you need to be paying someone to like consider yourself an employer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not. There's no compensation for this. You ain't employing shit. Yeah, it's like everyone gets paid equally for this position, and that is nothing. Zero. <laughs> It doesn't matter if you're black, if you're a woman, if you're disabled. You will get paid nothing. For But、this. we're way more willing to hire a disabled yeah, person、exactly. to do this free job for and us. And that's and that's kind of a bad look, right? Because they're like they go、yeah, and say all, this entire ad is a bad look. I know all qualified applicants will receive consideration for employment again without regard. No, <laughs> again, not, not employment. employment. <laughs> without regard to race, color, religion, sex. Gender identity, national origin, disability, age, sexual orientation, or protected veteran status, and again, it just like it almost seems worse because you're like, we don't care if you're not like you know white. <laughs> we're just like, we'll take anybody for this free position where we're gonna exploit you for labor. It this, just is, it's awful. This, this has to be a joke. <laughs> you keep saying that. I I keep saying it because okay, so. Because in order to post one of these jobs,、yeah. it's not like anyone can go in. This is the official UCLA job site. Yeah. So, it's it's not like anyone can just any graduate student or any undergrad student can post something. You have to type up the ad.、Mm-hmm. It has to be seen by the person managing this,、mm-hmm. and then I'm assuming HR needs to approve it because HR needs to be aware of somebody.、Um, That somebody yeah, is looking、working. for a job because、yeah. they're going to be contacted. So basically, at least three different people、um, needed to look at this and then have it published and be like, "Yeah, this checks out." Yeah, yeah. I I don't understand.、Um, okay, so I I did just look up on、mm-hmm. the UCLA chemistry Twitter. They do post an explanation, and they start by saying, "Dear friends." <laughs> No. <laughs> Unfortunate wording in a recent ad widely circulated on social media resulted in concerns expressed by many members of our community. We apologize for this, which is okay, fine. Here's the statement: UCLA is committed to providing fair compensation to faculty across the institution. We recognize the language in this particular advertisement could have benefited from additional context, and we are committed to doing better in the future. In the spirit of providing additional context. Arrangements such as these are common in academia, and in cases where formal classroom teaching is a component, compensation for these services is provided commensurate to experience and with an eye to equity within the unit. Some positions may be without salary when individuals are compensated by other sources, and a formal affiliation within UCLA is necessary, which may be needed to apply for or maintain a grant or conduct research. So this has real strong. We're not going to pay you a salary. You get paid in tips. Energy. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, number one, number one. <laughs> UCLA doesn't actually apologize for the statement. They're saying that it's、um, resulted in many concerns expressed by members of their community, and this is why they're responding to it. <laughs> Not because they have fundamentally realized that this was wrong. 
Yeah. But because concerns have been raised. Yeah. Second, um, in providing more context, they use a term that these arrangements are common in academia, as if to say, <laughs> it's okay. Everybody has shitty labor practices. <laughs> Guys, we're not the only ones that do it. These things are like super common in yeah, academia. Yeah, it's okay. We're not the bad guy. It's the whole system. I know. And it's like, maybe they shouldn't be common, right? Like maybe these conversations are a good thing. Yeah. And then they go on to say that some positions may be without salary when individuals are compensated by other sources and a formal affiliation with UCLA is necessary. So basically what they're saying is this position will continue to be without compensation. But if you happen to come across a grant that you can apply for That's and pay I mean. yourself out of. That's what I mean. It's it, the tips energy. It's like you get paid out of tips. Whatever you find for yourself, whatever you do for yourself, you make, but we're not going to pay you crap. Like, I I almost, honestly, we should have ch- tip jars for professors. <laughs> but like for like sessional faculty, like if you're lecturing, like dude, oh, Venmo. Dude, started on that. Just sessional Venmo me. crap, dude. Anyway, so I, I think all of this to say I wanted to have a discussion on what is the value of academic labor? Specifically within academia, because, you know, I think when we look at industry and we've had a little bit of experience now with working with industry, like I have never been paid more in my life than when I've worked for industry. Right. And that's not to say that, like, by comparison, three is infinitely more than zero. But, you know, I I feel like I was fairly compensated for the skills I brought in, Mm -hmm. the experience I brought in, the skills and the problem solving that went into actually developing research and, and, you know, conducting it versus like here it's told like it's quote-unquote common that these positions don't have salary what why ucla why are you boasting about this like it's a good thing <laughs> like this is a this is such a weird flex it's like we don't pay people who do work for us we're yeah, so great I mean, at the end of the day right like i think um there's in some of the comments are clarifying here it's like so basically, you're recruiting a PhD adjunct for a teaching position, and the application considers a research optional, right? How is this conversation from a research grant presumed compensation? It's, yeah. it's this idea that like, oh, you find your own funding, but you get to apply for it because you're at UCLA and you get to be affiliated. And so there you go. That's your compensation, right? Like, you get to be part of the gang. Well, we're not going to help you until you help yourself. You know what oh, I mean? Geez. This entire thing is like super confusing because think about it. Even if this is an internal posting, sure. you're still essentially asking somebody to teach for free. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, in Canada, your doctoral students, when they teach, they still get paid as a sessional instructor. If you're TAing, you get paid as a TA. Mm-hmm. What they're saying about is, the same amount. <laughs> um, yes, that's that's an entire yeah. like issue, but. Basically, what they're saying is like, you get to affiliate with us and teach for us, and we're giving you the opportunity. This is a multi level. Yeah, it's an MLM. It's dude. an MLM. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's all the MLM. pieces fell for me. I'm just like, oh my <laughs> God, this is Herbalife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I think the fact, like, I keep going back to this line, right? Like, such arrangements are common in academia. We really have brought up this generation of academics to just feel like you should just simply do this because it is service to 
to the institution, right? To or it that, for the exposure. Yeah, like you're lucky enough to be here and be affiliated with the university yeah. as an assistant adjunct professor, whatever that means. You should just be happy that you're like you have the title. That's so strange. And like you go anywhere else, right? Like you you work for industry, you work for government, you work for mm-hmm. you know wherever else. They pay you to do a skilled job. Which is, I love how we're saying it, like, this is, like, groundbreaking thing, but <laughs> that's how labor works. Yeah. Like, I know both of us are, like, super into, like, the whole anti-labor, like, subreddit. Well, it's not anti-labor. It's, it's more like anti-work. Anti-work, yeah. Yeah, yeah, subreddits and stuff. But, like, that's usually how jobs work, is I perform a service, and then you give me money for said service. Yeah, and you're paid, you're, you're compensated fairly based off yeah. of, like, the skills you bring and the demand for it. And again, I think it's just such a toxic attitude of the institution to be like, yeah, well, like people are going to because you know what the sad part is? People are going to apply for this, right? A hundred percent. People are going to apply for it. People are, it's going to be a competitive position. And at the end of the day, for someone to be able to write this line on their CV to say that I am assistant adjunct professor at UCLA, yes, it may help them in their career and may help them to move upwards and get a position where they are fairly compensated. I agree. But to do so through free labor, right? And and this brings clout. This this brings me on to my next point is that these positions are not equitable. Mm-hmm. Just like unpaid internships are not equitable. Because if you are poor, mm-hmm. you cannot afford to do an unpaid internship. You yeah. cannot afford to do a position that is not paying. Yeah. So it's not equitable. Because students who need to earn money to pay for their rent, to pay for their food, whatever, can't spare the time to do this for the quote-unquote cloud. Mm -hmm. So, like, no, you are not recruiting from traditionally marginalized groups. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. You are gatekeeping. And academia is getting worse and worse with this, right? Because you have to now publish open access. And that's thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And don't get me onto that. (laughs) But, like... What you're doing is you're excluding people who are financially disadvantaged, people who are working with scholars who might not have these big um, operating grants for their labs, who are not necessarily bad researchers. Mm-hmm. They can be experts in their own right, really good experts. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, like I do qualitative research. We don't get multi-million dollar grants. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we do mixed method stuff or if we piggyback on somebody's like large epidemiological study, mm-hmm. but we don't. And so you're <laughs> you're basically saying like if you're poor, tough luck, mm-hmm. get rich like. yeah, or like or get grants. Right. And it to me, this highlights how academia and the institutions like universities really value these different kinds of labor. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, traditionally, when you think about a professorship, there's those three aspects. You've got the teaching, you've got the research and you have the service. Right. Yeah. Forty um, percent each. Forty <laughs> percent to everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. But when you look at a position like this, where it's mainly teaching or all, all teaching, it seems with research being optional, that's how you want to get paid. It's clear that the department doesn't really value teaching insofar as like as long as they have a body within yeah. the, the university teaching something, that's fine. And. I think it's also reflected in the fact that we're not giving people tenure track teaching positions. Like some are coming available, but for the most part, universities are hiring sessional instructors yeah. for pennies to the dollar. And 
based on what they're making off the class itself. And that's what teaching is becoming at university. Yeah. And the thing is, what the university does is, and I know this from experience from University of Toronto, our intro classes were 1,500, 1,700 students. And so the largest auditorium could accommodate 500. Mm -hmm. And the rest were online. The students who were online were paying the exact same amount as the people who were there in person. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know if we ever have any parents or people who whose younger siblings are thinking of going to undergrad consider how the university treats the faculty that does the bulk of the teaching mm-hmm. because that will directly correlate to the kind of education you will be getting mm-hmm. because even if you are a stellar instructor if you are teaching sessional and mm-hmm. this is the first time you've been giving this course and you have to develop the entire course or you have to revamp somebody's terrible course layout and design mm-hmm. there's only so much you're going to do and so if you're applying to university if you're thinking about going to university you know like ask them who's yeah. teaching this are these people with tenure are these people with tenure track or are these sessional instructors that are teaching four five six courses a year just to stay afloat. They're not guaranteed to get the next year even, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, You know, it's funny you mentioned that because when I started my master's, um, I was my supervisor had talked to me about what he was looking for because like, his daughter was just going to university as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he said was when I was on the campus tour, I asked the tour guide, the person who was showing us around, how many of your tenured faculty will be teaching my daughter? Yeah. And the, the guy had no idea. And it's so strange to me that the entire premise of going to university is to get an education. And yes, there's obviously a lot of important parts with the experience, the student experience and meeting others and whatnot. No, 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 but, yeah. but, you know, at its core, you're going for this education. That's what you're yeah. paying for. Yeah. And universities more or less just try and like win people over through a state-of-the-art cafeteria or a cool new gym or like a good sports team or, you know, all these social events. When it, you know, if you're not, if you're the thing you're spending, you know, potentially 40 hours a week in class and doing homework, whatever, yeah. is in lecture with these sessional instructors or, or tenured faculty, you want to make sure they're good, right? Right. But universities will also boast about the cutting edge research that happens on their campus. And it's like, Okay, but the people who are these like super experts and who are doing this cutting edge research are not the ones who are lecturing me on these topics. Mm -hmm. It's like going to a hospital because they have the best surgeon in the country, like the best cardiology surgeon in the country. And when you get there, they're like, but your surgery is going to be done by intern Jeff. And you're like, why did I come here? I don't want intern Jeff. And intern Jeff is doing his best job. Like he's trying. He really is. And he might not be like a bad surgeon, but it is kind of a bait and switch. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, like I don't want it to sound like I'm coming down on on sessional instructors because guess what? Without sessional instructors, we simply would not have universities as we have them today. And they're doing the best that they can, but they are exhausted. Very often they are not the experts in that field. And they're so underpaid. A lot of them have other jobs that they're doing Mm -hmm. on top of the teaching they're doing. And so like, Well, I mean, it's not just that too, but like even when, like I think that's totally all valid points. But when you turn the lens back onto these tenured faculty as well, who are 
obviously mm-hmm. have some teaching load, they are consistently rewarded or the university provides incentive to not teach. Yeah. Like when you get a big grant or when you get whatever, you get exemption from teaching. You you buy yourself out. Yeah. You basically buy yourself out, right? And what that does, like to me, that symbolizes we as a university see more value in you doing research and you focusing on that than we do in you actually teaching our students, particularly mm-hmm. your expertise, right? And all the money that you're making from the research grant is what, two, three sessional instructors that we can hire, right? Yeah. Like- I just it, the value of academic labor to me is just so there's such a disparity between the teaching and the research and then services just volunteer work. Look, let's be honest, you're just meant to volunteer your I time. I mean, according to UCLA, teaching is also volunteer work. <laughs> teaching is also service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, where do you see the future of this kind of thing going? Like, are we going to see more assistant adjunct professors with no salary basis compensation? Or, you know, is there going to be a revolution at some point? I think universities, the way they are now, have another 50 years tops. Sorry, one five or five zero? Five zero. Okay. I think within the next 50 years, um, this model is going to become so unsustainable mm-hmm. um, that people who actually enjoy doing research and people who actually enjoy teaching are going to jump off the Titanic that is the academic institution and they're going to go and do it somewhere else where they are fairly compensated. And again, I'm not looking at industry with rose-colored glasses either. Mm-hmm. There's problems there too. Corporate is a hellhole. Mm-hmm. However, they will be fairly compensated. With an extent. Mm-hmm. And I think universities are going to keep trying to hire more sessionals, to hire more adjuncts. And I think the quality of education is just going to tank. Mm-hmm. And all the research that was done by the people who enjoyed doing research is going to move out of universities. And they're just going to, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of weird to think that, you know, University of Toronto's campus is going to be like just abandoned. There's just going to be like tumbleweed going through yeah. it. Um, I hear what you're saying, though. You're kind of saying that like the structure of university uh, instruction or teaching is kind of building itself up on this like house of cards, right? It is. Where it's like, yeah. oh, well, we, you know, this person got a teaching exemption. We're just going to fill them in with a sessional. And that's like, you know, not that's fine. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's just going to crumble. It can't, it's not, it's not sustainable. And then when you add on top of that, that you have the devaluation of the undergrad Mm -hmm. and now the devaluation of a master's. Mm -hmm. And student loans. And student loans. And you have these things like course-based master's and uh, all of these other, like post-secondary education has so many problems that at this point, honestly, I'd be perfectly happy if they scrapped the whole thing and just started over. You probably like, you know, after you get your doctorate, right? Like in a month. Yeah, just just like <laughs> academia, like hold on for like two months. Two months. Like two months. That's all she's asking for, folks. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks for tuning in to Sunday Service. Special thanks to my lovely co-host, Anna. If you haven't already, leave us a rating on Spotify and give us a follow on Twitter at gradconfessing. Until next time, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Principal Investigator, Amen. <laughs>